0: Ladies and
1: gentlemen, we're gonna take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Competition is. Fun. Competition is. Fun. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Heart in the Paint. I, of course, am David Rubb, and I am joined on this special episode by my good friend, my brother, my colleague, uh, Mr. Chris Connor. Chris, glad to have you back for this uh, very personal kind of episode for me.
0: Hey, man, a birthday, a birthday episode, man.
1: I, I uh, Listen, I feel honored. Yeah, um, August 11th, when this episode airs, is my birthday. I'll be 48 years old. Yes, I am that old. Um, but Friday is also the official 50th birthday of hip hop. And if you have ever followed me, if you if you listen to me on radio or on this podcast or whatever, you know, hip hop music is a big part of my life. It's something that that I love. And I've had guests, various guests through over the years. We talked music on this show uh, before. Um, and I wanted to talk to Chris because I think there is a sports connection that I want to deal with first and then get into the more personal parts of this and the more fun parts. Cause I want this conversation to be fun. I want it to be a celebration. It's my birthday. I'm not trying to get down on nothing. I want to celebrate hip hop and I want to do that with my friend. Um, But we've had this thing in hip hop, you know, over the last year so, you know, Melly Mel primarily, you know, has been the face of this thing of like old, the older generation artists talking towards new generation artists. And we've had artists comment about it. You know, Method Man had one of the the more longer, you know, statements about what was going on and and about people hating and whatnot. And um, Dr. Dre had something on on Kevin Hart's podcast. He was talking about how, you know, um, you know, he doesn't love everything that he hears, but it ain't for him. And it's just, as part of what the genre is. I think the same thing is going on in the NBA. The same thing is going on in the NBA and it's, It's weird, but it's also appropriate because there's no sport more identified with hip-hop than NBA basketball. No sport. College basketball, no. College football, no. 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 Baseball, no. We ain't even gonna get it on baseball. You know, saying like you, 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 you way down the list on, on baseball for for it to be the theme of the, the 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 sport. Soccer, no. Pro football, no. No, it has its place in all of those. But if you were going to say, what sport do you associate with a type of music? NBA basketball and hip hop,
0: right? That's a really good comparison. Um, oh, gee, because it's it's one that I really didn't. I think was somewhere stored in my mind, but not one that I really dove too far into. And now I'm thinking about, right, the players. Like, so you, I heard Elgin Baylor the other day embracing Steph Curry, for example, just talking about how amazing he was. And you could just see him, like, smiling, happy about, right, where the game was, maybe even even how how far the game has changed since when he played and since he was, you know, you know uh, involved in, uh, management and so on and so forth, but really enjoying just watching the game. You see Allen Iverson, who, if we're talking hip hop and we're talking uh, and we're talking basketball, he's damn near the poster child for some in some respects, for better or for worse. I would
1: absolutely say that. Yeah, I would absolutely say that Allen Iverson. If you were saying who is he's the Run DMC, mm-hmm. like he's the one who turned hip hop from the edges of basketball to front and center. Mm-hmm. He's that as far as like Run DMC taking hip hop from this corner to the mainstream. But to this
0: day, you know, grow up, he embraces the game with open arms. All the changes, you don't hear him really. You don't hear him really complain. He's taking it for what it is. And what happens is, in turn, you can see even the younger generation embrace him. Folks that weren't even around to watch Allen Iverson know the name and love him. You see, you know, on the on the other side of hip hop, I saw K- KRS One was one of uh, I don't I'm not sure if you ended up mentioning him, but was talking about some of the some of the older artists and legends, not just older artists, legends that have had critical things to speak to say about today's hip hop, today's today's uh, genre of artists. But if you rewind 25 years, KRS One was doing this with Nelly, with a whole different generation, right? So it's something to me that's always interesting because in art, but specifically like you said, in basketball and hip hop it's something that will always exist I don't think, and for whatever reason it will always be a fragment of former players, or even current, that feels like what they saw, their product was the best, okay and they may not be able to relate they may not like what they're seeing, It may not for whatever reason, it's the same with music I, or with hip hop, I can't tell you why that's the case, why we are that way, but it—you it, it, can find unlimited examples of those that just aren't happy with what the present-day product is. One, my tie,
1: my tie, venture theory. Okay. Basketball has increasingly, and as always, it is the sport that is also the most impacted by what the individual. It becomes a one-on-one sport in a lot of regards in its its tightest moments. Hip-hop's essence is one-on-one. It's a battle sport. It is a I am better than you sport. It is ego-driven in that nature. You know what I'm saying? And it is not humbling yourself does not make you, does not typically work for the greatest basketball players. The Will Chamberlain the Michael Jordan, the LeBron James, the Shaq, they humble does not is not the first thing. Now they they can be humble. But greatness is typically not associated with humility. And it also means so if I'm great, those who were great with me were great. Mm-hmm. And we tend to protect those things that were around us because that validates us. And I think it's a constant struggle between I want to be respected because my greatness is undeniable no matter look, I can, you know, we can diminish and we can have all the reasons to say why the basketball in the 1960s is not the same as what's being played today. I understand that. You know what I'm saying? I understand that there are people who could do more than what Jackie Robinson could do athletically today, physically. And those guys might be mediocre athletes in the larger scale today based on their athletic numbers. But relative greatness to me is a constant. Something that's great is something that endures. And I think that we have this problem with allowing like respect to exist for the past and, and having some level of reverence without feeling threatened. And I think it goes both ways. The past is worried about being forgotten And I think that's a constant generational struggle. That's that's humanity. That's our desire as human beings to not be forgotten, that whatever we did was important. And don't forget us over here. And I think that we we are the, the tone has just gotten a little darker lately. And I think it's because of the internet and everything this fragmenting of the constant use of lists and the constant comparisons all the time. And like the saying says, Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. And so for me, constant list-making is does make me enjoy basketball less because I want to watch the game and watch greatness emerge. I don't want to have to constantly talk about what's great from day to day. Grubb, I I look at it like this. Imagine, think
0: about right in this field, in your field of journalism and me and, and, and involved in content creation, some form of media. Um, Imagine if we decided as as active players and participants, if we said, oh man, you know, what are people doing right now with, you know, with shorts and you know, TikTok and uh, you know the the you know the death of I won't call it the death, but 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 the slow death of the newspaper industry and just the advancements in how media is is given and received, and we decided to say that's not real. I don't respect that. Well, look, you either adapt, or it's gonna move on without you. We sound salty, we sound, you know. No, what we've done, and what people, and, and, and I think the ones that um, that make these transitions the best, is that, yo, no matter what age group you're in, every few years, in some cases, and, and it, it, it's starting to change as technology continues to grow and grow and grow, like every day, our industry, or whatever field you're in, can, be enhanced, and it's up to you. I think, even as a listener, to change the way or to adjust the way, to adapt to what's growing, and find a way to put your own, share your own spin on it. And my problem is, and I, I see it on both sides. You said your, you know, your issue or one of the one of the problems you have is the total comparisons in the list. I see on both sides in what you meant in regards to respect. You know we're talking about certain guys that were great in the area or are great today and we're trying to say oh they wouldn't survive here they wouldn't do this they wouldn't do that and you no know, i think it hurts man because you look at a dude like Kmart, who from how he appears how he talks the era that he grew up that is heavily that there was a heavy heavy based hip-hop group he'd be the perfect guy to relate to some of the younger guys here today Versus standing on any type of any type of high horse, and um, just choosing to kind of give a give a stiff arm to how things have changed, even if it doesn't also automatically relate to him. And the same can be said to a you know to a nineteen or to a twenty year old that's calling. Um, you know I don't know someone that played twenty years ago or someone like Kmart that said ah he couldn't survive today. Uh, the game was too slow. No, greatness is greatness. Greatness is greatness. And I think that's that's where it needs to be kept at. Greatness is greatness. And even, okay, the game may not be exactly what it was for me when I played, but there still are some similarities that you can find. There still are certain things that still matter today, that mattered 20 years ago, that will matter as long as the game is played. Find a way to touch and help grow the game in that way and use your platform, your relatability, your your status, the things that you've done to continue to grow the game, you don't like where it's at, how can you change it from a positive standpoint? No one likes anyone that's
1: standing on a high horse, no matter how young or old they are. Arguments, the arguments that we have, and if you're arguing art, which I think is what you're doing in both of these cases, because sports is art, I'm sorry, it's not just numbers. If it were simply numbers, then we we don't have to have the conversation. It's very simple. Whoever has the most points, that's the best player. Whoever has the most rebounds, that's the best rebound. Whoever has the most block, then we don't, if that's what we're going by, but we know that that's not the case. So we know this is art plus science, right? That's the same as if we're judging music because for everything that somebody could come to me and say, I think Taylor Swift legitimately is the greatest artist of all time because she's got this many Grammys and sold this many records and this, this, this. And I can point to somebody else and say, you know, the Rolling Stones never won a Grammy. So you're telling me they're not great. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, you know, we we consider Elvis the greatest rock and roll performer of all time. He didn't win a single Grammy as a rock and roll performer, not one. So, if that's the criteria, you know, like if we're saying champ, like we did, we've done it with championships, we've done it with this, then that's not art. We, you can't judge art that way. And the whole thing in art is that it's subjective. And if it's subjective, as long as somebody is not talking foolishness you know what I'm saying? I can ride with it. If if that's your player, if you like that, I can pretty much rock with it unless you're talking foolishness. And usually that's to me is relative foolishness to the era where you're in. You know what I mean? Like I don't have time to be, I can't, how can you have a, how can you have a legitimate argument with somebody about what would happen between players from the 1970s and what would happen with players from today when you None of, they can't exist today without what happened to, with the guys in the '70s. Everything is built on all of that. So why you can't denigrate it? Because it doesn't. Ex- you don't exist without it. Everything you learned is because of these guys that came before.
0: And you know, w- one of the things that's interesting is that I mean, I think you could go through any almost any genre on both sides on basketball, but if we're talking hip hop, and you pick almost any era that you choose to um there was a pocket of change of evolution during that era that ruffled feathers and it always happens it always happens it always happens from the transition to where hip hop became more flashy when original when 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 originally it was more dj based goes from dj based to more to more artist based when you go from you producer base. You go from that rap to more street rap. You get from street rap to gangster rap. You go from gangster rap to mainstream rap, party rap, dance rap, snap rap, um, what, what, whatever the form, drill, trap, bounce. Like, it's it's all over the place, grub. So what's frustrating about it is that when folks that have been around, legends, that have been around for so long and have seen so much they allow the next wave of change the next wave of 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 influence and that's really all it is is influence and change and waves of sorts and mainstream pushes that we also don't get a chance to to talk about a whole bunch sometimes just because what you're hearing or what's being pushed towards you that's being that that, that's popular that's being marketed it doesn't mean that that's the essence you mean to tell me like I, i i tell folks all the time like no matter what your favorite style of of hip hop is there's someone out there that's doing it. There's someone popular out there that's doing it. It may be a little bit more difficult for you to find him. You may not be able to catch him or her on the radio, but they're, they're there. And to me, I think in a lot of ways you can you can say the same for basketball. You can say the same for any art. There's always somebody. They may not be as many of them, right? They may not they may not look the same. They may not they may not talk the same. But they're there. To ignore that for what's popular or for certain certain arguments and conversations about comparisons and, and lists, it 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 it, it 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 taints the art, and it shouldn't. You can
1: find whatever you want, but that's what happens when things grow. And both in sports and in music, there are one-hit wonders. There are people who are hot for a minute, and they they change. Look, there are people, yeah, change the game, but they flame out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There are artists who do that. And, and there are uh, athletes who do that. Like we, we we have these same scenarios and I think that we can be more positive about it. Cause like, I saw Dr. J, you know, somebody has Dr. J, his his five favorite players, whatever. And nobody from the last 20 years was on his list. And I understand that though. You know what I'm saying? Like if I ask my grandfather, <laughs> if I asked my grandfather what his five, five favorite musicians are, He's not going to tell me somebody that I like now. And that's that's cool because what his, what is he, what is his perspective? He's telling you his favorites that right there, his greatness is defined in that moment for you. When he saw greatness, that's what greatness was captured for him. And, 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 and whatever your era is like, and the same stuff that you loved in that era, like, Whatever genre you love, there's somebody on the other side of it who thought that was the wackest time ever. Yes. Who heard that and said that was the worst, and they will never like it, whether it's today, whether it was yesterday, there's something that you love that there is just a strong and vehement amount of people who think that was so wack, and that's cool, too, because I'm not inviting them over to listen to what I'm listening to. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's got to be space for everybody because if we were agreeing on anything, again, if we agreed on everything like this, like there are far more important things that we need to get to agreement on. But on this stuff, I'm really not interested in fighting you over the over the five best shooters of all time. I don't want to fight you on that.
0: It's not worth it. Yeah, I mean, we can we can debate, we can have conversations. We can um you know we can we can go back and forth and trying to and trying to understand okay all right this is the perspective that you're coming from when you tell me you're you top five shooters versus here's how i look at it right is okay okay you know you were born at this time i was born at this time i view it this way i view it this way i'm like more people man I, you know girl but i i think we get to a a lot of people do this man to where they get to a certain stage in their life to where they they just they they want to learn the way that they want to learn and they're not willing to you know to listen my thought process is i if i'm ever in any room and i feel like i'm the smartest individual even if i am i'm failing there's some there's anybody i talk to damn near. it's probably something i can learn from even if there, even if we hundred percent disagree on every single conversation that we're having, there's something I could probably get from you. I, I could learn from you, and I think that's really the only way. A lot of times, man, that that, that you can look towards towards advancement. I, I mean, like I've I've seen a lot of different changes in, in both sides. I mean, in hip hop and NBA, and just in my 30 years of or 31 years of living, and the things today that really isn't my favorite. There are things that I didn't like a few years ago that I like now. There were things when I was growing up, there were older, older records, older rappers that I really didn't get at that time. Few years later, I got. It's like, no, that's actually dope. Took some time, but it's the want to, we can't be stubborn about it. We can't be stubborn about it because when you're stubborn about art, you never know what you're blocking yourself from. You never know what you're blocking yourself from. And the thing about hip hop, bro, that I think will always be relevant, and that people I think need to need to latch on to, even with the changes. And the fun part is, in us in us celebrating it, is that when it was created, um, and as it advanced, the one thing that that remained consistent is that it was painting to you um, a vision of what was happening in the in the world, in the streets. It was giving you the real, whether you agree with it, whether it was repetitive. No matter how how much how many things change, no matter the messenger, the majority of it is telling you what's actually happening on the streets, for better or for worse. That's the truth. And when it was created to now, that's the same. That's the constant, right? Like football. I love I, I love this this you know example, right? All the different changes that's that's happened in football. All the different different rule changes. The you know the 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 protection of the quarterbacks the le- less practices less this less that more passing games the one constant the one consistent that should that should and will probably remain way past us living on this earth that these games are won in the trenches they are, they are won and lost in the trenches I don't care what chance I know as long as I'm living that will stay consistent and as long as football remains about that as long as hip hop remains about that. I will always be a
1: fan one way or another. You know, like, if you ask anybody, if you ask me over the course of my life, if you ask me at 15 who the five greatest rappers were, if you ask me at 30 who the five greatest rappers are, if you ask me at 45, who the, it's like it's your evolution, become, it should it should change. Your tastes should change. Your opinions should evolve. Now, some will be reaffirmed as you go on in life. Like there's some, yeah, you ain't going to get, you know what I'm saying? Like Barry Sanders, daddy, he's the when your father says, I don't care what you do, son, you ain't never going to be better than Jim Brown. That tells you like, Hey, some of our opinions are just formed and you just got to ride with that. But as you said, like, I know it's not for me. I know what parts of the, the game right now, like the albums that are not for me, but there was always stuff that wasn't for me. I have listened to, I've been around, literally, I'm part of that that first generation that was born to always have hip hop. And there's always stuff I didn't listen to, just like this is an R&B or jazz or this or that. There's always stuff I don't want to hear. So if that's the case, I got to be okay with the people who want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? I just got to. And I think now I'm fortunate to live in an era where, like you said, we do have the access because when I was coming up, there was no hip hop radio. There was no internet. Whatever you heard is what was permissible at the time or what the DJs c- could get their hands on. Cause I grew up in new Orleans where we didn't have a hip hop scene for a very long time. So what you got was typically later, unless you saw it on tv like what we got on radio was later than what everybody else was getting as far as hip-hop went as far as what the trends were going we were never early on it till new Orleans started creating its own and so i mean i think it's just yeah that's that's the part is like it doesn't matter how old you are it doesn't matter what generation you're in you got to be able to find some way to appreciate what's happening and what's already happened
0: i just it, it you know it sucks that you know to where you know the art with all art there's always there's always a a group that's looking to put the game in a box and we've seen it in hip-hop to where a certain a certain coast would say what they're doing isn't isn't real rap what we're doing is rap and I mean, one of the one of the best parts about hip-hop, like like food and like a bunch of and bunch of anything that's surrounded by culture, it's just a journey and being able to see what's happening out there that's different, different sounds, different experiences. Like you mentioned growing up in New Orleans, Grub. Listen, I thought I thought Juvenile was the best rapper in the world. That's all I knew. That, that is what was played on the radio, and that is what was what was given to me, what was shown to me, what was walking around in the streets. That was also on television. That was also on mainstream, um, uh, uh, uh cable, cable televised uh, events and countdown show. I thought that was the best in the world. Then you grow up and you say, "Man, wait, Houston got a sound." Oh, okay. Let me let me tap into this. What's UGK? Okay. Okay. Wait. Oakland got a sound. Wait. LA has a sound. Tennessee has a sound. And then you start going every state has their every pocket has their own thing to introduce you to. Their own culture, their own that's the dog, dog, that's the beauty in all of this. And if you hold yourself to one if you if you stand you hold on to one record. If you hold on to one pocket of this experience, dog, you are missing out. You are having a or in life, and that might just be what's for you, and that's cool. But dog, so much stuff out here. It's so much stuff out here to experience, and sometimes you don't really know until you give it a, till you give it a chance. And that's the beauty, man. Hip hop is travel, um, and that's what makes it fun. Almost like no other genre. So many different people that have put their own spin on things, their own influential, um, you know, their own their own element. Not just with the music, but with the culture behind the music, with some of the things that we eat some of the things that we drink,
1: right? From Our vernacular, life, 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 which has life, been changed life, forever. Life, like, How can we not embrace that? Like, I don't think people can understand, like, of a certain age. And I'm going to say this to you. Like, I remember when Snoop Dogg went on trial for murder. Okay? I remember this clearly. You know what I'm saying? Like, that wasn't something that was in the periphery. That was... I just graduated from high school when that happened. I'm saying I'm freshman to college when that's going down. So this is my peer, you know what I'm saying? Snoop? Baby, a couple years older than me. So this dude is my peer. And at that time, to think, see, think that dude would be with Martha Stewart, wearing um, slide-on sketchers in commercials. Like you don't understand, like if if you're a person of a certain age, if you're 25 or under and you don't know what that was like then, like before how hip hop was still so much on the fringes that it was viewed a certain way, the concerts, the insurance, you couldn't get insurance for hip hop concerts. Like they had to stand up to get that because they just assumed something was going to go down. And it's like, for it now, for it to be so ubiquitous to where Snoop is America's uncle. America's, you know, kindly Black hip-hop uncle that just gets to be in everything. If Snoop is in it, you don't know if it's rated R or if it's rated G. Think about that. Think about that. If Snoop is in it, you have no idea if it's rated R or if it's rated G. If you just look at him on the screen, you wouldn't be able to tell till he starts talking. And that's an incredible place for where hip hop was at one time to where it is now. And I think we gotta appreciate all the steps that it took to get to that place and understand, like you said, there's bad that comes
0: with that too. I mean, you know what? And I say like anything else, it's just balance, man. It's it's, it's just balance on each side of these conversations. But at the end of the day, man, it's, it's appreciation. Like when we're talking about when we're talking about fifty, when we're about fifty years or something. We're talking about the advancements of of where this genre has grown to, and all the different twists and turns that you mentioned. Um, like like the Snoop thing is is perfect. Like it's it's absolutely it's it's, it's absolutely perfect to think about because um, like Snoop is, is is a is Snoop Dogg is a name now that like people in the Philippines know who Snoop Dogg. Is. They they can resonate, they can resonate that name. We're talking about we're talking about the 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 man that made doggy style. Like you know, so and you know, I hope, and 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 I don't know, I don't have a child of my of my own yet, so you would be able to resonate with this a little bit more than me, is my hope because I I wanted to grow up sometimes like I feel like I was blessed to be felt like I was born at the right time because I was, because in, in 92, I got a chance. As I was growing up, I got a little bit of everything. I had a mother that, while she didn't really listen to hip hop, she put me on a lot of music that she listened to, she's a little bit older. So that's all I heard, 60s, 70s, 80s, Motown. Like, I got a chance to hear a little bit of everything. And technology was, you know, we, we still had, you know, cassette tapes in our, you know, in our house every Christmas. The same Christmas songs playing around the house that matter to me, but I'm still living day to day in a new hip hop filtered world. I get a chance to see, but I'm not that far removed from being four years old. And my first memory, my first memory of hip hop, and I'm curious for yours, my first memory of anything hip hop related, Grub, is being in pre kindergarten in New Orleans and walking past the television and seeing that Tupac has died. That's my that's first your first. My re- hip hop-related memory, four years old. I can't, I've tried multiple times t- to think of other things, that's crazy to me. To now be 31 years old and still have people talking about Tupac Shakur. They <laughs> just went in the Keefe D's house, grub, looking <laughs> for bullets and weapons. 30 <laughs> years later, trying to like, you know, we
1: still have people. I just literally like that's literally my peer, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. as far as age group goes. And I think whatever time you come along with, with, generally you need to find a way to make it the right time because I wouldn't trade my experience, you know what I'm saying? Like from literally to have watched um all of it. You know what I'm saying? I remember rapping Lottie Dottie with my friends. On the bus stop, knowing we had no business speaking them lyrics, you know, you know, like it's. I remember break dancing with my friends. I remember having pieces of linoleum. Like I did that, you know what I'm saying? Like, and my parents, I, I, I if they, if they were to listen to it, my brother, my sister, some people who knew me. Somebody would tell you a very bad and embarrassing story that I will not tell on air. I will tell you offline someday, but I will not tell. Uh, from my breakdancing days, but um, you know, I, I I wouldn't trade mine in either because I've gotten to see so much of it. I've got to see all of it, like the good, the bad, the ugly, and as it keeps changing and evolving, you know, and and like you said, there are always times, there are times when I've been, you know, different times where, you know, Nas made an album called Hip Hop Is Dead, and that was like 12 years ago. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We've, we've it it didn't die. Jay Z had death to autotune. It didn't yeah. die. Like stuff doesn't die. It, it, so I think that part for me has been has been cool. There are things that I miss. There are things that 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 I, I wish were still around. I think that there are parts of the culture that we've lost. Like I don't want to lose DJ. And I, I when you talk about kids, my stepson, um, I introduced him to my hip-hop, the, the stuff that I love. And he ended up becoming a DJ and and mixing all these different styles. He loved my golden era, as I call his stuff, but he also had his stuff that I didn't really mess with, but I, I dug that he was into it. And so now with my daughter, we do exchanges. There are times that when we get in the car, you know, I'll say... You give me the artist. Like I'm driving to school, what's the artist? I don't even care what she says, whoever it is, tell me the artist. And so I listen to what she wants to listen to, somebody that she's into right now, because I need to identify with her and I need to figure out what the people of her time are saying of her age, because they're saying the same things that we said in a different way. Like you said, the messages have never changed. There's always people selling candy, there's always people selling fruit and vegetables. There's always people selling beef. You know what I'm and saying? Other things. Always. So there's, you know what I mean? There's the candy can be whatever you view it as. It can be, <laughs> but it's the stuff you know. And I, I think that there, I fully believe, it, you know, when people say, "Oh, hip hop's never been nasty" or whatever. Please let go back to the beginning. Like i said, saying, like literally, the the first raps are all nasty. Like they're all really dirty songs. Like everybody's first record, whether it's NWA, it's, just say we want to make the dirtiest record we could. Everybody, so it's never the same with comedians. It's never been like people say. Oh, comedy's got is threatened. This is threatened. It's never threatened. It's just you don't like what's happening right now, and it'll turn. It always does. And that's the fun in the journey and in
0: really embracing the history. And that's why you know I, I, what I the point that, that i I lost out I, I was trying to trying to uh to get to is that i I wonder if you dropped me growing up in today's society to where all right girl, if I didn't have my first cell phone until I was 14 years old right when you were 14 you didn't have a cell phone okay <laughs> you know, like when I was 14 I didn't have a cell
1: phone it was not a smart I didn't get a phone in my bedroom until I was 17 okay okay so let's, yeah. yeah it's a different times. So, my level like I didn't have a
0: computer in my room that I knew how to completely function and really dive into without getting it shut down via virus till I was 16. Okay. So we're talking 16 years without without fully being dropped into technology and really trying to explore and see what I really liked and having access to it five-year-olds with cell phones now and it's not the same kind of cell phone that I had it's not your first cell phone I am and that's that's what I'm curious about what I, if you drop me five years old today the year you know August 8 2023 am, same parents am I still able to move around in the same way as curious as like I, I can't I don't know why at 15, I was listening to Tupacalypse. You, you know, uh, you know, it, 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 the album came out in 90, 92, 93. At, 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 at that point, uh, it was 2005, like, I don't know why. I just wanted to. I had to, right? I don't know why at, at, at 18, I decided I gotta sit here, sit down, listen to Ready to Die from start to finish multiple times. Why do people say that, that that's one of the greatest albums ever? Why do people, why do people say that Illmatic is the greatest album of all time? Why? You listen to it, and even with all the different advances and changes in hip hop style, coaches and so on and so forth, you'll see why. It's
1: nine songs of, it's nine songs of perfection. Like it's nine <laughs> songs and not one of them, Has a flaw. You get it. Classic. Not a verse. Not a beat. Not a miss. And it tells a story, right? It tells, it is literally a story. And so this is the part that I want to get into the fun part. So um, I did a question that I did come across, like just in my mind today. And I was thinking about this. If I was putting together a 24 hour hip hop movie marathon, which films am I picking now? Like, and I'm, again, it's not the 12 best. It's not the 12 that, but these were my 12. So it gives you time to think while I give you my it And they're for different reasons. Number one, wild style. Cause that was the first film that put hip hop on. Like it was the first kind of glimpse that we got. And I think it's an important historical artifact in that way. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it, it shows it in its really raw state before it it was packaged and marketed. Um, Crush Groove, because Crush Groove is 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 the introduction of LL Cool J. Yeah, and it's seminal because that is the first introduction of the young hip hop star. They had, oh, everybody was grown, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody was grown. LL was sixteen, LL LL becomes the Mike, like essentially, you know, the, the Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. the first teen idol. Of hip hop, he changes all of that. And he's the first line too of what's old school, what's new school. That's the first line is LL coming in and attacking Kumo D, Treacherous Three, those guys. LL is the demarcation line for the first. Yeah. What's old and what's yeah. new? For a certain group of kids, LL represents what's new. And Run DMC was already starting to represent what was old. So that's why for that one. Beach Street number three, because Beach Street has cool Hurt in it, who is the godfather of hip hop, the the, the the man credited with creating it. I love to see it. And it has just so many it has so many great uh, you know, Dougie Freshes in it. Um like when he was, you know, he, he had not hooked up yet with um uh slick ricks. It was just Dougie Fresh the Human Beatbox. The treacherous three cool D with no glasses, you know what I'm saying? Like it's you are seeing these dudes at the beginning of their careers. And it's also the most multi-ethnic because it shows that hip hop was black, Puerto Rican, white, all these people who were involved at the early stages. And I think the story of that has gotten lost, particularly the Latin influence. Latin folks have gotten have gotten shortchanged in the history of hip hop um, heavily. And I think Beach Street is one of the few movies that there's like the breakers, and the, like with the Rocksteady crew is in it, Crazy Legs, like it's Puerto, are Puerto Ricans galore <laughs> in that movie. Representing House Party, I was I was in ninth grade, um, and I got to go see House Party in the summer, and that changed my life. They like that's rappers starring in the movie, and they're like, and they were my age kids, you know what I'm saying? Like you felt, and and kid and play had a Saturday morning cartoon, dude, before Hammer, before Hammer. Kid and Play had a Saturday morning cartoon, so give them their props. New Jersey Drive, because New Jersey Drive is is a really gritty movie. It has a great villain and it has one of the dopest soundtracks ever. Um, juice, no say it. Self explanatory. Juice is juice. Who's the man? Uh, the hip hop ensemble comedy, the first. I think that's really the first hip-hop ensemble comedy. Mm. Where's like a bunch um CB4, of which I love, or if you if, it, if there's Fear of a Black Hat, those two came out at the same time. Um, CB4 is Chris Rock, um, Fear of a Black Hat was Rusty Cundiff. They're both worth seeing. Of Mike's and men, the documentary about the Wu-Tang clan. Wu-Tang clan is Fantastic. Is, is to me just. You cannot duplicate the Wu-Tang Clan ever again. Nothing like that will ever. To get that many dudes in one group decide to do that and have a style, one dude producing all of it. It just. I have a question for you about that. Um, about that series. Once you're done, go ahead. Okay, um, the show, which I came out when I was in college, um, and and it produced. Uh, the "Me and My Bitch" remix, which <laughs> went to to the "Computer Love" beat, which that, that song right there made it worth it. And it, but it also has some really great interviews, you know, Slick Rick from jail at the time. So it was it was really an influential kind of film. Eight Mile, because I'm from Detroit, and it it is not the perfect representation of Detroit by any means. Um, but it, I love the it's it it, it feels. Real at times, and then last I put disorderlies because <laughs> I love the Fat Boys. I think the Fat Boys. <laughs> I think the Fat Boys again are one of those groups that people. If you go listen to some of their earliest records before they became cartoonish, and that's where their their management pushed them to be kind of really cartoonish. Go listen to cool Kuklowski and Prince Marky D, and tell me them dudes could not write lyrics. Prince Marky D, in particular, went on to write and produce a lot of artists um, after he left the Fab Boys. So I mean, like, they are really influential. But that movie is hilarious. It's 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 like a Three Stooges comedy, and it's really it, it's absurd. It's not it's bad. It's a good bad movie. You know yeah. what I mean? And so that's my twelve. Okay. Um. Before before
0: I try to put put together a makeshift list. Uh, I asked everybody that and I watched the Wu Tang series. I'm notoriously known for watching things years after they come out just because I don't I don't I don't like to get caught up in like the reaction of it unless it's unless I slip I slip into watching it right away, like, I have to catch it as mm-hmm. it comes out. I don't like getting into the reaction of what it's a window. The... Me either. I don't like watching popular no, stuff. So I wait. Oh, I like to wait. Yeah. I mm-hmm. wait. And Wu Tang was fantastic. But my question is, how do you feel about The character they play Risa's voice.
1: I hate it. Everybody hates it. It's it's like I don't understand the tenor of it. Like it's deeper than it should be because it seems like it always seems like it's speaking from the middle of his neck. You know what I mean? And and it just, you don't sound like Risa. If you've heard Risa, Risa has such a distinct voice. So to me, he should have just been himself. Because you can't sound like RZA. No one can sound like I don't. I've never heard of anyone. It's like asking somebody to rap like um, um. Your boy, we used to be on No Limit, um, the the terrible one. You know what I'm talking about, uh, Masked um, Piece Brother. Oh, so, the youngest one. Silk. S- yeah. Silk. you can't you can't get people to do that on purpose. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you try to do that on purpose. Be that offbeat. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's difficult. <sighs> so some things you just got to let be. Riz's voice is is too unique. Like, I, I think he should have just let that go. But that was... that's Again, that's the fancif- the fanciful version of the yeah. Wu-Tang story. It's, it's sanitized, but... It was still a great. It, it had a. I thought it was a great three. three oh, three it seasons. was. It was. It was fantastic. It was. It was.
0: It was fantastic. Shout out. Shout out to my dog. They played. They played.
1: Chef. Uh, they played Rick Wan. Him. I, I mean him. Him ODB of course, and then um, uh, uh, Tony Stark man. Yeah, like, I mean it, it was. It couldn't
0: have. It couldn't have been done any better. Those three could not have been done any better. I, I couldn't believe and I mean listen, man, you go, you watch the brilliance, and we're getting a little bit off track here. I promise we'll we'll get it back. Hey, it's okay. The hey, br- this is this is my show. we can go where we want to go, right? The brilliance, the brilliance in the ODP, the, the the ODB character was the the aloof nature, the randomness. Sure, the voice was there, but the mannerisms, the timing of it, the comedic timing the brilliance, so the writing and okay, the humanity yes, the brilliance and the humanity, so that means the writing was on par fantastic absolutely fantastic, facial expressions had it down had it down, had the character, the man of ODB as someone that if someone today doesn't know who, who he was someone from even there that wasn't not really familiar you're going to be curious and want to know more, there's no way and that was the I was part of the brilliance of ODB when he was alive. So fantastic. Yep. And Raekwon, man, um, uh, you couldn't there's there's nobody on this earth that would be able to from look, style, voice, slay, I, I I mean, brilliant, man.
1: Brilliant. Oh, man, he just like him. It. Just like him today. Crazy absolutely crazy. And the dude who played Ghostface, he's not physically built like big like yeah. Ghost, but he had that swag. He had Ghost swag, that that undeniable superstar quality that Ghost has. Mm-hmm. Like, you cannot deny Ghost. Yeah. He will not let you not see him. That's, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the character that, that probably pulls your heartstrings the most.
0: I mean, just... Because just, yes. so
1: much is going on with mm-hmm. him and with his brothers, of course, and 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 that's even underplaying it because you can't show all exactly. of it. They couldn't show all of his brothers exactly. and what was going on in the house. Exactly. But it's just, yeah, it's just, and I mean, there were more brothers with, on all of them, all of them had more siblings and stuff in, in place, but just that, that, oh, okay, let's do this then, quickly. And before, i let you go back to the 12, but we can do Wu-Tang easier. Rank your Wu-Tang and I'll do mine so I'll give you a chance to, to, to do yours. To me, Ghostface is number one, okay. as far as like the total package. His, 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 his body of work, his style, his voice, all of it, he's the total package, he's, he is everything. So many fucking characters, so many people in this goddamn group, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> oh, you only have to do the, you, okay. You uh, we, uh, you can stick with the originals, you don't have to put I'm Cap to say, I gotta put and, Cap um, him. <laughs> you, you can leave Cap and Master Killer out, all right? And you don't have to put Shaheem, the Rugged Child, that doesn't have to get in there okay. either, All right, all right? Number two for me is GZA because GZA is like I can listen to Liquid Swords Liquid Swords and, and learn something every time and and his vocabulary is so unusual Ooh. for hip-hop Ooh. and the way he brings it back to center like he goes all over the place and it comes back to center it better than oh it's just it, it's just to me he's phenomenal in that regard. Three would be Raekwon. Um, four is Meth. Because I don't, the one thing I have for problem I have I've have with Meth's career is I don't think he ever put together one great album from top to bottom. That's a conversation like, in itself, grub. I don't think he's got an album that's from top to bottom. Like I'm like, that's 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 the joint. Even T has spots where I'm like, I don't want to hit that one. And so that's my one problem with meth. Dirt comes right after meth. Um, I, I have to put Deck low only because he doesn't have the body. If you just give me verses,
0: Deck is way up
1: to me. Deck is prop for verses, Deck is one. Like, yeah, on a verse-for-verse verse level, I think there's nobody can beat Deck. And and I, it is clear that he's the most respected lyricist in the crew. Like, Deck is, is everybody says Deck is number one but I never heard a great deck album. And that's the thing, I've heard so many great deck verses. I've never heard a great deck album and that's the thing that hurts for me. And then um, RZA is last for me just because RZA is, I can listen to RZA for a verse, there are even great songs on, on some of his individual albums, but I can't listen to them for 40 minutes straight. I can't listen to RZA for 40 minutes straight. It's I can't not do a, It's not a good
0: experience. It's, it's not a good experience, okay um hmm. so I think I'll do it like this Deck had the best verse that I've heard from any Wu-Tang collaboration to this day his verse on on, uh, Triumph is I think it it was a lyrical breakdown just a couple years ago on it because it was that, it was the, like, bro, you started a verse saying I bomb atomically. I, I, I really, like, you got it. You got it.
1: Um, I, I think you can't help but start doing yeah. it. Like right. I had to, I, I had to close my, I started going through the verse and like yeah. I have to stop myself. Yeah. Cause it's that, that, that it's that good. Good. Um ODB,
0: I think McGurk is probably, it's probably the one that you can drop in any in any era of hip hop, and he would find his way. He would find his way. Like he was that kind of, he was that kind of minded and that kind of just, just brilliant and that kind of unique. Like, you know, A sound unique. That's that's funny. But he was that, he was that kind of kind of individual to where um just the character and the fact that it didn't fit any necessary mold is what always makes him interesting. And it's sad because his transition would have been one as he continued to get older. It would have been would have been one interesting to see as hip hop continued to grow and continue to spread and the popularity of Wu Tang as it was then and as it continued to grow would have been would have been interesting. So. um Raquan just like, son, just the the ability, it being a non-negotiable of him having to be fly no matter what. Him taking his fast and completely real, him taking the whole mafioso boss setup to this day, still being able to rap, probably, probably having some of the best delivery out of any of the any of the other members on the group. Raekwon's high, like, to me to this day. Um, I, I'm just, the aura. He has an aura about him that I think... Yeah, I mean, right. this is a
1: love appreciation, yeah. so you ain't got to, you know yeah. what I'm saying, like, I am yeah. you, you know, you ain't got to defend nothing, just give yeah. love, bro, that's all that. Metz like. uh, is, is probably,
0: he's the one who was still at a high, doing it, everything pretty much at a high level during, during me growing up for uh, once we get into movies once we get into my list I mean one of his movies that he was a part of is something that even if it wasn't that great of a movie it was important for my generation in and how high and, and myth uh, style flow understanding of then and now tapping back in with the rap new,
1: sex symbol yeah 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 I mean really yeah. like to be a rap sex symbol is an unusual thing and the list is short. He's aged well.
0: He recreated himself a few times. Meth and Red Man were one of the. Well, we, we're talking about hip hop tandems. There was a period in time where you could argue they were they were number one. Like the first the first Blackout album to this day is still.
1: Don't get me started on Red Man, bro. I love like <laughs> I love Red Man so it much. Just, I love Red Man so much. Just
0: fit. It was by
1: accident. It wasn't like they came
0: together and came up, or right, I be red, man, you be messing, man. It just so happened. Hey, I'm from over here, you from over here. Opposite coast, it was great. Absolutely great. Hey, opposite coast, man, the <laughs> red man's from why, New Jersey. Why, did I, why am I thinking of Oakland? I'm tripping. Um, <laughs> forget that. Um, um, I'm trying to think here. Um, I think Jizza had the, I think Liquid Swords out of. Solo albums that any of the other ones ended up ended up creating from the ones that I've listened to, it's probably my favorite, just because the production it, it was still at that time to where um, RZA was still heavily heavily influenced. The artwork is 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 it's just it, it's a it's an experience, it's a feeling, um, and like you said, the, the vocabulary. Know, yeah, because he had a little bit of that of that RZA, uh, delivery with him being offbeat every now and then to get every single word that he had to get out there in there. But you feel a lot smarter and you're on a You, you know, you know, he, he takes you on a journey and it was a well, a well put, uh, piece together art that still, um, I think from at that, at that time, like he still got a chance to get, you know, Wu-Tang was transitioning at that period as well. He was still able to get multiple songs with not just one of the members, but all of the members connected. That was dope. Um, and yeah, RZA, you know, (laughs) not not my flavor. Never, never really been, never really been my flavor. You know, my first, well, my second introduction to RZA outside of associating him to Wu Tang was the Chappelle Show. Um, so I mean, a bunch of different, a a bunch of respect there, but you know, as, as a rapper. Ah,
1: but as a mind, as a creator, you know who we forgot, and it tells. You know what we forgot. Ooh. Golden arms, and that tells you a lot. Yeah, yeah, man, man, and say, yeah. That I, tells you a lot. How do you think about you guys? He is. I feel like you got. I think the show portrays the way you got feels exactly how we feel about you got. It's still, it's and I'm not awesome. saying that it's a negative way. Because you know, you got is yeah, he he's got a lot of a lot of resentment um for what is what happened, he feels like. But I don't think you god was was ever destined to be a star. I just mm-hmm. I just don't believe he was. Um I think you know some people are complimentary players, and that's your role. And and you are better as a member of the group than you would ever be solo. Again, he's one of them dudes that got some bars. Yeah. But I'm not listening to 12 straight cuts <laughs> of of you, God. I'm not doing it. You ain't gonna get me to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like if somebody puts it to, says today, Grub, I got 12 you, God cuts. <laughs> you wanna hear them? They've never been heard before. I'm like, I'll do one a day. And but you ain't gonna get me to listen to all of them at once. And I'll and I'll
0: end with face. Hmm. Probably, ironically, the most the most copy you. Have since since Face's prime as a as an artist kind of kind of ended. You have multiple you have multiple decades of rappers coming out, not on accident, sounded just like him. You got Action Bronson, who him and who 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 Face and Action had their kind of disagreement about sounding just like Ghostface. And then today. um you got from Griselda, West Side Gun sounds just like Ghostface, and it's no way that it's by accident. Influence um, always was able to hold his own. I love the connection to him and Raekwon had, um, and someone else that that matured well. I think you know over time matured very well over time as a solo artist. You know, um, and as a
1: style too, yeah. like as, as an influence and style going from. Yeah. You know, starting with the, the the eagle and all that and being like they turned the hill figure thing like they were the guys who made hill figure the thing and all that boat culture yeah. stuff. That's boat what culture. that's <laughs> funny, yeah. That's what yeah. it is. You know, <laughs> Hilfiger, that was boat culture. That's, that's what it was. That's funny, yeah. Look, yeah. you acting like more money, more problems wasn't a video when we were hot on golf, which we were. Right. Y'all don't remember when Cats was literally out here. I was in college wearing sweater vests with no sleeves. <laughs> you know, like shirts underneath with no sleeves. Swearing I was yeah. cool, but that was what we were doing. Listen, listen me- the golf clothes were hot. Everybody was wearing big, oversized golf with clothes. Hip hop movies. That was hip hop. All right,
0: let me let me get you these movies to the best to, to the yep. best of uh, uh, first two off the cuff, and they're kind of like they go they go hand in hand from from my up, upbringing, my generation, belly paid in full. Um, paid and full, you get a, uh, it, it's, and you know, I guess the fun in this now, you know, with some of these movies that came out, you associate, and I don't, I don't know if you do it anymore really, but, but you associate the soundtracks with them. Like when I think of Above the Rim, I can't help but to think of the soundtrack, right? I'm thinking of SWV. Right. I, I can't, you know what I'm saying? I'm associated with that. And that's crazy because you know you have Sydney I mean, Pot's a part of it, right? So Above the Rim's another one as well. Um I said Belly, DMX, Nelly, top of their game as artists at the time, two of the best doing and it. And then Hype Williams. Yes. So, and then the Peyton Fool side, you get Damon Dash, who's on the soundtrack, and what you get one of the early Kanye West songs, one of the early Kanye West verse. And production all across the board, big time. Like, uh, I, I can't, you know, forget that. Uh, you know, hey man, t- baller blocking is 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 as New Orleans as it gets, man. You know, 20, 20th anniversary. Shout, shout out to Kev. You know, we wrote about the soundtrack in the movie a little bit a couple years ago. But baller blocking was everything. It, it was it was it was everything to eat, to to know being in a small pocket of New Orleans. Before I got a chance to travel out to know that I am watching something, on BET that is playing everywhere right now that is illustrating or giving their best idea of some things that happen, even a fantasy, or some things that are truthfully happening in New Orleans with dudes that are running the game right now and cash money. Follow the blocking, it just, it it, it, it wants my heart. I'll tell you my,
1: I'm about it story, real yeah. quick. So, Moon, Big Moon. It was it's a basketball legend too in New Orleans? You know, coach and, and all that. So that's how a lot of us knew Moon was just from him being associated with basketball. I'm in Oakwood Mall, on the West Bank, <laughs> chilling with one of my boys, one of my teammates, and we bump into Moon. And Moon is like, "I'm I'm on my way tomorrow to be in this movie with this dude, Master P. It's called I'm About It. Do y'all want to come by and be on the set?" And we're like, you know, being typical jerk teenagers. Nah, we got you know, this all summer, man. We got stuff to do. Yeah, <laughs> we're about all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Man, my senior year of college, everybody has a copy of I'm it. The football team is playing this thing constantly, you know, and it's just, you know, I'm feeling, man, I could have been the freaking man on this campus. All I had to do is be in the background been there, man. and that you know what I'm saying? Who knows? I could have I could have been in in all of them. I could have been in foolish. I could have been in uh, I got the hookup. I could have been all I of got them. The
0: no. That's 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 another one. Uh, uh but I'm gonna keep <laughs> going. Get rich or trying. Um, Fifty was that's a whole different conversation. Uh, again, like and, and bro, that that's the fun about talking about hip hop. Like I didn't get until I got out of New Orleans, I didn't realize how big Fifty Cent was. Okay. I didn't realize and with technology not getting to where it was at just now, you didn't have people coming out with different docs and different, you know, articles and different, you know, uh, TV shows and movies every day. I didn't realize how 50 cent was. I didn't realize he broke and changed the mixtape game. It took some
1: years afterwards. Right. I didn't know how big, I did not know. I remember how to Rob hit, man. How to Rob was like, Grub, it took me years. Like, you know what I'm saying? It took me years to go back and be like, oh,
0: I get it now. I get it. And that's before you get into the street side of things. What is a whole different connection. Before you start, like, so 50, looking back at it now, getting a chance to see what his story was kind of like. And at this period of time, this was a few, this was years after in the club. This was after the album Get Rich and Die Try, and you got got years of seeing him in the mainstream, but seeing this story and still trying to catch up to the years prior to him, you know, yeah, I mean, mean, to him being, uh, to, uh, I'm forgetting, to, life is on the line and being in a, in a, in a FUBU jersey, but he talking about, he talking about Ja Rule. I like it's just, it's so many different different things that you miss for that particular time. But Get Rich or Trying was huge because he was on top of the game at that time. That movie just you know it sticks it sticks with you. That was his run. That you know, and you you when I when I think of that movie, I think about Fifty being at his highest. You know, and
1: like yeah, it, it's the the two summers that I think are the crazy, the two years that I think were the craziest as far as me watching. See, this is how old I am now. <laughs> I'm going to give you three different years, okay? The first one is 1989, Hammer, yeah. when You Can't Touch This became, and Hammer, like, turned when Hammer got on cartoons and Hammer was doing everything and that's when the backlash started and everybody was like, it had gone too far pop. Yep. But Hammer weird. changed every, all these dudes were making money because Hammer was the first dude to sell out arenas. Exactly. Like uh, it was the Superdome would have been nothing for Hammer. That's like that's that was that was that was a day's work. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like dudes was like, oh, I can sell out best. Hammer could sell out whatever he wanted to sell yeah. out at that moment. Whatever. Yeah whatever product, whatever thing the dude was doing, he was on the sidelines with the Falcons. Like, before after, you know, this would just, he was just hanging out, doing too legit to quit on the sidelines with the Falcons. That's how Big Hammer was. <laughs> then, then, there's nothing like that till DMX. Two number one albums in one year. Nobody had ever seen that. Nobody, two, number one, not only number one, multi-platinum number one. Like, no, no, I don't think anybody's still done it since. Released two no. albums in the same year, both of them, no. nobody's done that. So that was the second one. And then 50 coming like out of nowhere for certain people. Cause like I said, I had heard how to rob before it had gotten on on, the, the CDs like I heard it when it was on the mixtape circuit because I happened to be living in Massachusetts at the time. So I heard it when it was still on the mixtape What was that? Side. So so you gotta so so here's where
0: here's where this learning comes in. Cause I don't I don't know that perspective of what it was like. I know what it was like for me years later, years and years later, probably a decade later, really knowing about it, hearing about it in regards to him coming up, not really sitting down listening to it and realizing, oh shit, he's talking about everybody during a time to where that meant something, but what is it like hearing that as a fan at that time, like that? This is, you know, like you, you know, because I mean, I heard about the, you know, whole going on summer jam. I'm about a dollar, who's fifty cent. You know I mean, I hear about all that. What is it like listening to it as a, as a consumer? Something that I mean, really hasn't been done, hadn't been done
1: before. It was hilarious, and at first you thought it wasn't real. <laughs> like I thought somebody. <laughs> Like you know what I mean? Like you thought it was a comedian's record or something. But then when it was like, no, that that that's this dude 50 Cent. And I remember people being like, like, you know, the, the story was kind of out about like he had been shot. And then I remember when, when Jam Master J died, he had come up again, but he didn't have a record. But he it was like he was everybody was saying his name that he was one of the protégés yeah. of Jam Master J, but he didn't have a record mm-hmm. out. So it wasn't like he was famous, but the name 50 Cent was something that people knew. You I didn't know what he looked like, because you know what I'm saying, he didn't have no album, he did no pictures, nothing like that. I had no all I knew was this weird voice because he didn't sound like anybody else too, because of the bullet. Exactly. So he don't sound like anybody. So you hadn't seen him. And then when you first see him, the first time we saw him was in the club. You know what I'm saying? So then when that hits and that's just a monster. And it, it took over the whole year that just that whole record it just there hasn't been another like that because even Drake, no because Drake had to go through the mixtape thing and get uh-uh. co-signed and yeah. all this stuff and have people yeah. usher. 50 didn't have like even though he was with Eminem and Dre it was 50 didn't act like he was being co-signed by anybody mm-hmm. like he didn't act like that he didn't act like he was being ushered Through, he acted like like I'm I'm here. This is this my time, and I really don't give a fuck about what else is going on. Everybody go pay attention to me, and I'll tell you too. Jay Z was not really that revered then, and I think people were were kind of glad. Like I mean, like I didn't really think as somebody who loves New York hip hop, I was not a giant Jay Z fan all the time, and I think that. That there are less that he has lesser works that got pumped up in hindsight. Um, you know, I still think Reasonable Doubt is his best album, but that's another conversation for another mm-hmm. time. But I just think that Jay was. I think in hindsight, we look at Jay differently than we did at the time. Because I, I, I think that, you know, I, I don't. I'm sure you've seen that TikTok where somebody goes through and says Jay never was the number one I've seen that, rapper yeah. of. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that, and it's true you know what I mean like you were always like Jay wasn't really a star to a hard knock life like he was the guy that was associated with other people like he was con- he was Biggie's friend yeah. you know what I'm saying like that's I'm serious yeah. that's kind of how a lot of us looked at him Yeah. and so you was kind of like and you thought you always thought that it was going to be Biggie DMX and I thought Biggie DMX and, and Ja Rule and and um, Jay Z would do records together or something like that the commission and all that stuff and it never happens.
0: That's that's crazy that you mentioned that, right? Because he he when he hits the scene, he's associated with Big Daddy Kane, right? He, he's mm-hmm. associated with Jazz O. Then he's associated with Biggie. Then it's a tag team with him and Rockefeller, but it's so many other artists that he's also associated, associated with, with Cam and Company, and then Kanye's making his beats. And <laughs> there's so many different people. And, and then he's dating Beyonce. Like, uh, you know, I I get that, but you know, I I think the and I'll finish I'll get to the next the next movie say but I think I think what's interesting about that, I think what hurts him in in this level and why why people is my opinion and why it's viewed that way is because he had that section with Nas. He had that situation with Nas who's viewed even when the commercial success kind of changed or people were hoping were looking for him to uh, you know, to live up to a classic album that you know, like like it was written was a was a really good album, but you're coming, you're trying to, you're not gonna
1: top one of the greatest of all time. Even if you didn't know but, that was it was, you know what I mean? Nostradamus was just so whoa, oh, that was just such a misfire, no, though, not, bro. Nostradamus because was, he was reaching, bro. Ooh, he was reaching at a when he time. tried to be popular. Yeah. That was always his wor- That's always the worst Nas when he tries to be popular. Because this because he picks some really awful beats. This, this is head. what
0: makes him great now, though, right? This this is what makes him to this day, which is why to me I think um he's I think he's the overall greatest rapper of all time. something simply because he's been able, some by just being by being blessed, to outlast everybody. And it's still, people want to hear the next project. It's not, he's still relevant. He's still finding a way, and some of it—and some of it is really, really good. Is being able to do that over 30 years and it not seem desperate. You're not reaching back in the bag of trying to keep up with anybody, to keep up with the youth. You just, being you and you have classic projects, multiple classic projects in different shapes. But yes, there was a period of time when Nas was reaching out of character,
1: they kind of you know the Bravehearts, bro. That was like, <laughs> look, I will play Uchiwali. I will play it because it's some of them. Again, I, I have this phrase I call "beautiful filth," and I will play Uchiwali <laughs> on occasion because I just want to laugh. But Nas doing Uchiwali was the most out of pocket thing ever, and it you know, and then like him doing songs with genuine. It was like, why is Nas why, doing records with are you, genuine? Why are you
0: doing that? But they, it just it. It was funny because you hear like, if I had to put together like the most, my most, I don't know. There, there, there's so many lists you can you can make with hip hop, but to me, one of the craziest and songs that I had to ironically rewind and replay over and over and over again is a song named "Rewind," where he is rapping an entire he he's giving you an entire story backwards. Who the fuck thinks of that? You know what I mean? And it's, it just so happens to be a really good record. Stuff like that with Nas is fantastic. One of the best storytellers of all time. But I think that that, that probably ended up ended up hurting Hov because you know uh, Nas wasn't. I mean, he had he had people in which he was associated with, but Nas was Nas.
1: He stood alone. He always stood alone. You know, Hov just feels so corporate exactly. now. You know what I mean? I think, and that's going to me, that diminishes his, to me, not, you can't take what he's done away from nope. him. But to me, it's like, that, like, he gets credit for stuff now. And I don't want to go too far off on the Jay-Z rant, but it's just, I think, like, everybody's like, oh, check out the, the, the Jay-Z exhibit at this. But he didn't make that art. <laughs> Other people made that art. It's not, it's, he didn't do it. You know what I mean? It's like, don't give him that credit. It, it just, it feels man, you know, you don't ever will be like just to be, a, I don't, I'm not a hated, but I just, I just feel like Jay-Z is, is overestimated. Like I, that's what I would say. Overestimated. Yeah. You wonder about how much, how
0: much of the machine assisted him and when comparing him to others that even if you just don't view it the same, you don't, you don't view certain other acts artists that matured over time or they had their run. Having that level of success, and I wouldn't blame, I wouldn't blame Jay Z for it. It's just when having the conversation, it's
1: what it just up. feels. He's a billionaire, man. Like I'm <laughs> sorry, like that that alone, yeah. that alone separates you from from people. You know what I mean? Like you're a billionaire. You, you, you. It separates you from from the essence of what hip hop is to me, and it, because it's the people's form. It is the people's form. It's supposed to be raw. It's supposed to be honest. And it can be, and all those things, pop can be those things too. Pop, it can be popular. It can be sterilized, but that's all things are packaged and consumed for the for broad audiences. But at its essence, it's supposed to be accessible. You know what I mean? Like that's the, na- that's why it's, it, it is everywhere in the world yeah. now. It's because it is accessible, but, but just because something is accessible doesn't mean it's for everybody, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Um, let me hop back
0: into the movies. I think I I, I yep. ran off about maybe four. Um Strad Compton, which I think is the the best biopic that hip hop has ever received. Personally speaking, I think it was it, it was the the most well done thing. that took the most time, the most resourced. You had and you think about a lot of the different biopics has been put out so many parts, not living and therefore makes really bad products and inconsistent products feel some, some feel rushed, you know, Strata Compton wasn't that you had everybody outside of easy here playing a role. Right. Um, And I, I just thought it was really, it was, it was well done. It looked like a movie. It didn't look rushed. It didn't didn't look look like something that should have been put on a different, a different network. No, that, that fit the movie. It was worth the time. And I think it was the best overall production that we've seen. Um, and I hope it gets better, but it was really good. Um, hustle and flow, hustle and flow, man. Like that, that was a time that was a, that was a period. Right. Um, it's got an Academy Award. Yeah, man. Three, six Mafia. Yes. They, they have an Oscar <laughs> again, but that's, we go back to talking soundtracks, right? You Soundtrack was a big part of that. We have soundtrack records being number one songs on the radio again. That was, like, that was huge. People say, you know, it's hard out here for a pimp. Like, that's not supposed to be
1: <laughs> mainstream, but it was. But The Memphis Grizzlies adopted whoop that trick. The Memphis Grizzlies adopted whoop that trick. And we loved it until it was... Okay, we get it. It's not appropriate. We got it. (laughs) But I loved it. I thought it was dope when the the games would get like that. Come on, man. That was so Memphis. It's it's dope. Um... (sighs)
0: Friday you didn't say how high I didn't say I didn't say how high how high again like it's it's all it's a it it has a following that like at at that time another movie that wasn't it wasn't a beautiful necessarily story but it had two it had two dudes that were at the top of their game as a group at the time funny the comedy was there and at my age at the you know at that period was just like it was it was needed a buddy film but it was funny it was kind of like they were just being they were pretty much being themselves they loved to smoke weed they smoked a lot of weed weed still at that period wasn't as acceptable as it's become today you know so still kind of like still kind of dirty you wasn't supposed to necessarily like you know uh yeah so i gotta give meth and red some love there i just
1: Remember the impact. Expose the world to the to the comedic genius of Red Man if they didn't see it on Cribs. And people forget (laughs) Red Man and Method Man. Red Man and Method Man also had a TV show on Fox for a whole year. So people forget that too. Yeah,
0: I I, now I I forgot about that. But yes, yes, the 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 red he he got asked about that Cribs episode the other day. He said, No, that I really lived there like was, (laughs) He said I I," he was like, No, who rent you out something. He's like, nah, nah, y'all go, y'all, y'all want to see how, how how I live? Y'all gonna see how I live? My dog sleeping on the floor, like, <laughs> shout out, shout out the red huh? cereal boxes open, yeah. trash, Hey cameras, grimy, but that's real. Table to boot the middle of the floor. That's, I mean, like, I, I, you gotta, you gotta appreciate that. Um, do the right thing. Do the right thing for me while. I think it was it was needed and i think if if i was putting together 24 hours like i want to touch as many parts of of hip-hop as i can so every genre can feel like they're learning something or they're there now my rule is that you can't leave you have to stay and watch you figure out you get as many as many snacks as many you know bathroom breaks or whatever you gotta finish this because you're gonna learn something and do the right thing has so much social commentary, it touched on so many different things at the time. You had so many hip hop elements. You had the rings, the love, hatred, the box. You had
1: Spike Lee. I mean, and that's that's your era. But there's only one hip hop song that plays in the entire movie, and that is Fight the, Fight power. the power. Yeah. Cause it's really because Spike is a jazz guy. So, but he, I mean, Spike loves hip hop, but j- he's a jazz mm-hmm. guy. So the music predominantly is jazz, except for "Fight the Power," which is played constantly, obviously by radio. Raheem, but it, yeah, it's just you. you I, Public Enemy is another one of those formative groups for me, for people, especially for for my generation. That group and and that 1989, bro. You can't t- another number, yeah. you know. Sound <laughs> of the funk. Watching the open. The open of that film, we studied it in my film class in college of of Rosie Perez dancing to fight the power to open that film. And the understanding of black cinema in that regard, because it's not filmed on the street. She's on a stage and the stoop from Brooklyn is behind her on the stage, remember? And she changes her costume throughout, but it's very much, like you said it's hip hop introduced into the black tradition of theater performance and i thought it was yeah that's, that's it's it's really cool in that regard to think of it that way
0: yeah i mean cuz the fun in this, um grub is that so many of, uh, of these movies that we name they're they're associated with artists or producers that were on a on a fantastic run so it's staple with their music at the time so friday right q q was still was still heavy related he was still heavy in music and we know that friday wasn't supposed to be as big as it was alone by the budget right we we know that alone it became what it, i mean the movie in itself friday we I don't have to tell people how great how, how great the movie has you know has grown to be and you know so on and so forth but that was that was huge cuz you 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 still have so many elements of hip hop so many elements of, of 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 the way people folks are dressed, so many different phrases, and of course the soundtrack. Same same kind of thing there. You mentioned you mentioned Eight Mile already. Um, the first introduction I had to what battle rap really to have what it really looked like. The first real like focus on that style of battle rap at, at, at setups was huge. Everybody left their left the movie theater because everybody had to go and see it live at the time him same same kind of setup on top of his game who's not leaving every <laughs> from 504 talking about everybody from the 313 put your motherfucking hands up and follow me i'm i'll never forget that i'll never forget like that moment i'll never not not knowing um yeah i mean it just it's just a just a great I, even if it's not the best film it was you know
1: it was what it was right like, I mean, you know, it's got the worst wig in the history of films, in <laughs> um, them dreads. The, the dreads are just terrible. And Anthony Mackie, for all, yeah. Anthony Mackie, like, is not a rapper, no. bro, that dude. He does not give off convincing rapper ever. He tried it as Tupac. That was so cool. So, so, he does <laughs> not give off <laughs> convincing rapper at all. Look, look, look. I, and, and, I I'm sorry, Anthony. I wanted to play. New Orleans.
0: Notorious was so bad, man. I got I I, so I have about and so was All Eyes on Me. All Eyes On Me is terrible too. Why is why is Snoop's voice attached to why is one member of the Outlaws no, no multiple members of the present-day Outlaws playing themselves? Twenty plus years ago, unbelievable. It was so bad, bro, I, bro. I could not
1: believe what I was watching, and they got, got introduced it. in the same scene. It was so bad. I'm like, wait, that's not bad. money grab, man. That was such a money grab. That was so. That was just bad, a, just, man. And you don't do that. And with the notorious is so bad. So, the
0: notorious is so bad. So so bad. Oh, that pisses me off. Just 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 thinking about it. But hopefully, before you know. Uh, before we leave the earth. Somebody do it again and we'll get it. Uh, I got like four Somebody not named Diddy. Please. Keep keep Diddy away from me. Uh I'm trying to think. I'm trying Um ATL. ATL is another movie that is attached to the run that T.I. was on. And still King of yeah, the South. Still fighting a lot of Southern bias at that time. Right? Like, ah, that, you know, just just. Yeah, that's his country, right? You know, country rap tune. You know, shout out to pimp. Um, but yeah, uh, that that movie. You know, you, you got introduced. I mean, shit, Jackie Long is doing a podcast. I mean, I'm sorry, Paul George, right now. You know, he's in the movie. You know, you get. You know, you get uh, one of Lauren London's earliest earliest films, but. For those that didn't know, it was a small glimmer of like a small introduction to. If you didn't know what Atlanta was close to like, if you didn't even if you've never been to Atlanta, of course it can't give it can't give it all to you. But you get something that's based and that's all that's made. that's all about something related to Atlanta from the slang and so on and so forth. You get Evan Ross, uh, you know Diana's uh, son. So. That was huge. I'm trying to think of
1: uh, three more. Definitely, I would say if you if you were like between the two portrayals of Atlanta between ATL um, versus let's say um, uh, Drumline. Drumline is very much more specific to the college experience of Atlanta, like, and then whereas ATL is very much more that. The city of Atlanta, like that yeah. that part of yeah. it, Atlanta, so it's like like you said, it's these these stores within that city even are very. And then you have, of course, Roll Bounce, which is not a hip hop movie, but has Bow Wow in it and has that part of it. And Nick Cannon, who has certainly yeah. had his dalliances in hip hop, unfortunately, oh, but, it's, it, uh, but also telling another part of Atlanta, the Atlanta middle class. Mm-hmm. So it's very different, you know. These very three different hip hop movies, kind of telling us these very different stories of Atlanta. Um, I got like three more here. Uh, you got served
0: for for <laughs> for a younger for for a younger crowd again. Very hip hop. It's 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 based. You know, you know, you know. One that I that that I think about actually that I'll, that, that that was big for me at the time, Hardball. Um. At at that at that age, soundtrack soundtrack release. It, it was it was in it was based out of based out of Chicago. But there, bro, there's so many different so many so many different movies that I got a chance to see growing up that reflected the culture and the art that I liked the best. All right, if I'm I'm, I'm watching a movie in the early 2000s, somebody's wearing wearing headbands, just walking around, not playing an actual sport. I probably need to watch that. Boys in the Hood. I I I I mean enough enough said. Ash out of the group, probably the best the best overall movie to me. Certainly. Yeah, I mean the, if you do the right thing.
1: Yeah, you do yeah, the right yeah, thing. Yeah. Cinematic.
0: Yeah. stand above all. Yeah. Uh, I just it just you know the best the, the best the best overall movie. But getting a chance to uh, I mean hell I mean I was. A, Years later, in which I get a chance, I got a chance to watch it. But you attach that to a, a particular, a particular time—the early days of gangster rap, the early like I, I'm, I'm thinking of Cube. Cube still got a Jerry Curl. Like it brings you back. There you go. There you go. It brings you back to a certain to a certain time where hip hop really changes and like I I call it like like
1: it gets its you know it it gets its you know a new set of wheels, you know. Like that, and Jason's lyric showed me two places that I had never seen before. Because I'd been to Houston plenty. My my grandmother, uh, my, my dad's grandmother, excuse me, my great grandmother lived in Houston, and she lived in, in in the projects. Yeah. So we would we would do the whole, you know, my dad would always be like, just act regular, <laughs> like don't start tripping because we going into the projects. Because you know we were upper middle mm-hmm. class, so you had to, he had to remind us um, in Houston because it was much different the projects. That my great aunt lived in Birmingham. You know, Birmingham, you know how it is? Yeah. New Orleans projects, at Birmingham projects, Houston projects, every project's got their own different way of they doing do. things. They do. And so and Chicago projects, you know? Look, I mean, like, it's it's all different. So um, so we just had to remind it, but like, yeah, Jason's lyric shows you Fifth Ward, which I had only heard about through Ghetto Boys Records. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, Ghetto Boys Records is Scarface told me what Houston was like, mm-hmm. and and UGK, and that exactly. kind of stuff. So, but they had not been represented on film till Jason's Lyric.
0: I'm trying to think out the final. Level.
1: Menace?
0: It,
1: it, it's, it's, I. Menace society would be, probably be in yeah, that yeah, it's, a,
0: it's another, it's another, because again, like with the art, unlike, unlike many other genres, like what's going on in the streets, violence included, is attached to a lot of these films and the art in which we're talking about. Like, this is what, the things that you see in Minister to Society, soundtrack play, like, but the things that you're witnessing are things in which they're talking about. It's things that are actually in these videos. It's things that are referenced by these rappers that grow up watching this movie years later. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So, yeah, yeah like O
1: dog is is one of the most influential characters in cinema because villains like the chill nature the chilling nature of what Tupac was a juice Ooh. that unhinged psychotic but cold and and dog just don't give a fuck <laughs> like that he is a child. Who has grown up completely amorally? He has no right and wrong. Like like, Tupac is a tormented soul in juice. Old dog is not a tormented soul. Old dog gives not a fuck about nothing. He just don't care. And it's, it's that I had never seen a villain like that, especially a child villain, essentially, is what he is.
0: Nah, I was that child villain. No, but I mean, it's true though. He it is. It's it's like, they they just graduated from high school. It, He's 18. And, 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 and it's like from the opening, from the opening scene. It's like the plan. The plan was like this is we're gonna be blunt. It's blunt film from the opening scene, um, but it's still so many different hip hop elements that are relative to that time that stick out like a sore thumb. You know what I mean? Like you, like the the West Coast scene that from a from a. a addressing standpoint, a lot of like, it's still here today, right? We're talking certain elements of gang culture, all these other things that have made their way into, into hip hop. It's the ultimate melting pot for good and bad. Like we've been saying the whole episode. So yeah, I, I, I think "Minnesota society is a good one to end it with because while, and and you know what, and and grub, that's the fun part when you really think about rap and when you think about where hip hop has been in 50 years is that there's so many different you could just add a sprinkle of something hip hop related and it will and and hip hop can take over because it just isn't it just it isn't just about the music it isn't just about the we- players it isn't it, 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 it isn't just about the production It not just about the time it's bigger than
1: all of that cuz you know i mean you think about it that extends you talk about the whole barbershop universe is hip hop you know that turned into you know you know um you talk about franchises that got built off of hip hop like what is fast and furious without hip hop you know what i'm saying like it, it, it is it is inexplicably tied with it. It became an action movie genre by utilizing those kinds of, 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 of forces and bringing those rappers into the mainstream in that regard too, so to, to you get to the point where you count some of the stuff that Queen Latifah's done, the dramatic things that she's done as hip hop related and hip hop adjacent. And, and and you go back to something that Andre 2000 said, what people said, Hey, y'all, Was not a hip-hop record. He said, how do you listen to it and not get that it's a hip-hop record? And that twisted my mind <laughs> for a minute because I had been thinking about it as like, yeah, it's just the R&B record like, that he's done. Uh, and then you start thinking about it, you listen to the lyrics, and it is absolutely a hip-hop record. And, and that, that permeability of hip-hop is so crazy too, the way you can just do so many different things with it. I forgot about The Wash. The
0: watch the watch was the one, what? Was the, one the watch was don't the one don't be a menace got. yeah yeah <laughs> i mean there's
1: so many bro yeah, like, it, it, don't be a menace come on for grandma alone you gotta keep don't <laughs> be a menace around it's so it, it's 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 so
0: many man and there's it, there's i'm sure that there, there's a bunch that we have.
1: tougher than leather you could have run dmc go back all the way to tougher than leather That's, like you know what i mean There's so many But and I tell I would tell people if you're hearing names of movies that you never heard of, like go check these things out, Um, because it is like like the thing you said, the best I think is, Chris, is that it captures this moment in time and it shows you where the culture was in that regard. And it helps you understand for a minute why in that moment it was that cool, like why this thing had to be put on film. It's, it tried to be captured in some way because Players Club is a hip-hop movie because it, it was at the beginning of hip-hop strip culture. Remember when hip-hop was, was moving and transitioning and becoming a big part of what was going on and rappers were literally writing music to be listened to in the strip clubs and Players Club as a movie captured the beginning of that and how that starts transforming and going outward from there to, to all that, the Southern culture with 95 South and all the things, and the stripper records they're making, the booty base in Miami and Tampa and all that stuff. Like, it, it's just those films do such a, a really interesting job, particularly the ones made by black filmmakers of capturing that aesthetic and that time.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it and it has a way of connecting multiple art forms um at one time in ways that aren't done as well outside of it, you know? Like
1: Bruh, New Jack City. Yes,
0: we yes, didn't even mention New yes, Jack City. Yeah, yes. shout out shout out to Ice T. I mean, I you know, you could you could you could argue um uh man what why am I out of nowhere forgetting what's the what's what's the basketball movie man with Wesley Snipes. Why am I forgetting this? White, man can't, white, jump? Man, white man can't jump. You can't you, you can't put a you can put a cat in the oven but you know can't call it biscuits. Like you can you can argue that's a hip hop movie. That has some elements in there that's that's clear as that New Jack City is a good one though. I don't know why that, that that didn't didn't bring my mind. Um because even from the influence, right? To where Lil Wayne talked about it all the time like yo like everybody was, you know, when he would say yo we the new CMB. Nobody knew what he was talking about. He mentioned it, he said, no, that came from New Jack City. You know, uh,
1: it, it, it's it's not just the- it, We all we got. Yeah. That's Nelly. Yeah. Like, that's, that was they thing. We all we yeah. got. That, I mean, like, that. it changed the culture. It's calling me. Like, that Pookie, the name Pookie is, like, that, it became a national thing. Pookie might have been regional. But Pookie became national because of New Jack City. So that's the, you know, that's the fun, man.
0: It, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate outreach. It's the things in what you think about at the time. It's what you learn, what you associate. Like, what people don't realize that sometimes, man, you can't, you can't help what you draw to. you know? So if I didn't know, yep. if I didn't know who Rakim was and I turned on Peyton Fool, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a choice but to listen because you can tell it's something. It's something different happening there. Now go now go listen to a rock record and see what's happening. Now go back and see why he was what he was to some people to where they still believe he's the greatest to ever do. It. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that you know that's the fun man. It's just it's just the journey, man. If you don't if you don't make it fun, no matter if we talking basketball, no matter, no matter if we talking hip hop, no matter no matter what what we're talking about. And I still and, and I'm I'm thinking out of nowhere about when you said Method Man didn't have a didn't have a you know an album that you necessarily latched onto, right? I, I, I a classic from front to back. Classic. You got to before it could be on air or before this is over. You got to give me. You got to give me a basketball, um a Method Man basketball comparison. You got to. You got. You got. You got somehow. Who is who is Method Man in NBA history? Vince Carter. Whoa! whoa, whoa. Off the dome. That's amazing. That's dope. <laughs>
1: Wow. Awesome. Explain that. Longevity. That's, that's dope. Appeal, mass appeal. Exceptional highs. Like, he can do whatever you ask him to do. Meth can rap whatever style you want. Yeah. He can be grimy. He can be pop. He can do whatever you yeah. want. Like I said, again, physically, if you were building a rapper, same with Ooh. Vince. If you were building a basketball player, it looked look like Vince. If you're building a rapper, he looks like Meth. You know what I'm saying? Like a New York rapper. You drop him out. Any error, you say New York rapper and he looks like Method Man, right? Am I lying? That's how Dave VT even even gets the part. Because, you know, you know, But never, but never won the championship.
0: Amazing burst on the scene. That was, I mean, Vince Carter's first two years. was like
1: this. Yeah, Vince Sanity was a real thing. thing. And you think about meth is the breakout immediately from the Wu-Tang. The Source Awards, the the world famous final Source Awards that I saw live, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And me and my friends made sure we watched live. Who got to perform? Met the man. The only person for the Wu Tang Clan that performed. They did not have the rest of the Wu on the Source but Awards. Have, Method Man. That is that
0: that's that's pretty dope, bro. I I wouldn't have. It would have took me a little bit. I don't know if I if I would have got to Vince, but Vince that's that, that's a pretty good comparison.
1: All right, go ahead. What can he not do? That's like, Mm -hmm. my thing is like, he's just, but he's just a cut up below. Like Vince, every basketball player will tell you, Vince is the most talented guy. Tracy says it, Vince is the most talented dude ever saw. Kobe said it, Vince is the most talented. Everybody, nobody's got more physical skill, more ability to do whatever than Vince. But Vince never had all of it. You know what I'm saying? Like Vince never got all of it. And I would even say compared to like Method Man, is more popular than Red Man, but lyric for lyric, Method Man can't beat Red Man. Red Man's a better rapper. Method Man, like, Red Man is, the, is one of the, this is, in my estimation, I'm always making sure I put on that. Red Man, in my estimation, is one of the five greatest lyricists who ever lived and will ever live. Like, I just don't think anybody understands how great this dude really is. Like, Reggie Noble is so slept on in my mind. And um, just, like, that to me, he was able to, like, I think Meth is one of those dudes that jumps to the level, but he can also play down to the competition too. Like, if if you're not pushing him, Meth can coast and that's Vince. I think that, that's, that would be the same with Vince, is that Vince didn't have that one thing whatever it is. Not that I, not that I think he was a dog, in any sense of the word, but whatever that one thing is that gets you from being great to legendary as a rapper, Meth is missing it.
0: Well said. No, no retort for me. I, I didn't, I didn't think you were just gonna have that just, just, just ready. It was, uh, <laughs> I didn't think you was gonna ask him. you know, good.
1: I didn't know you asked me that. Oh but man, that's dope, man. All right, this is what I'm gonna end on then, because I'm gonna give you a good, fun one to end yeah. on. I'm gonna give you this. If you were building an MC, I'm gonna give you the different categories, and you tell me who you taking. All right, flow. Oh okay, all right, all right. I'm I'm going like that. You build an MC, you go flow. Um, like biggie. who you gonna sound like? What's that, key? Biggie? biggie. Um, uh, lyricism. Jadakiss. Okay. Um, stage presence. D M X. Ooh. Okay. Okay. All right. And then, um, let's see, what would be the other part? If I was, what else would I ask for my MC? I ain't gonna ask you to dance. So I'll keep that up. We'll give you those three parts. That, I think that's three is good enough. Yeah. I ain't gonna ask you to dance. You ain't gotta, you ain't gotta be up on the stage. To do the yeah. w- 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 would you add anything to that? If
0: you were building somebody, you said stage, you said stage presence. Yeah, um, lyricism. lyricism
1: and and uh, delivery. You gotta, you probably, you probably say influence. Oh yeah, okay, influence. There you go. Yeah, pick that. Uh, who would you say as inf- as far as influence? It's, I mean, it's, it's either
0: it's either Pac or Wayne. So I mean, if I I can, I, I mean, considering what where this area is, I, I go away trying to think what who else mm-hmm. influence. I mean I, that 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 probably that probably covers it.
1: Yeah. What about you? Um, for influence, it is the dude that we talked about offline. Influence, the DOC man. Because mm. I I think you know the DOC is one of them dudes. He comes from Texas, so <laughs> Dallas, Texas. Goes to California, he writes for Easy. He writes for N.W.A. He has what is arguably one of the greatest debut albums in the history of hip hop. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to be the guy, you know what I'm saying? And before, he don't even get a whole year at the top before he has his accident and loses his voice. But still, through that, co-founds Death Row Records, yeah. writes on every album that Death Row ever put out, taught Snoop how to write lyrics. You know what I mean? Like how to make a song into 16 bars and and a hook. That influence, like he is LA gangster rap. Like he's in every part of it from producing to writing to the culture of it. Whatever seminal moments happened after Ice-T establishes Los Angeles. Almost everyone for the next 20 years is touched by the DOC. Whether lyrically or musically or by business and personal relationships. And I just think I love his influence in that regard because I think he changed the way Los Angeles did rap. Hmm. You know, he brought storytelling to it. He brought um, a little more, like if you go listen to No One Can Do It Better, he don't really curse that much until the last record of the album, the grand finale. It's a gangster album that's really about lyricism, and and, and I think he changed it forever. Him, him and MC Ren, I think get, get slept on so much again because their careers outside of the group weren't as long. But Ren got two platinum albums too. People forget that Ren got two platinum albums, which is two more than a lot of people exactly. got. Exactly,
0: and Ren is still, Ren is still relevant as a like. People still know who, who MC Ren is today, right? I, I mean, um, yeah. So no, that, that's that's a good one. I I think the only uh,
1: maybe maybe work ethic. Mm, that's one too for putting out product. Yeah. See, I don't want that Jay Z. Right <laughs> like I mean, I think it makes you put out crap. Yeah. I think you got to take some time. You know what I mean? Would I want, what I want, the work ethic of say, you know who I, it would peak work ethic? Probably would have been Heavy D. Ooh, like Heavy D, LL Cool J, like work yeah. ethic wise, Damn. like that grind that they were That's on. That's a good one. That's a good one. Because LL too, look at LL's grind, Man. bro. Like we're talking, you are literally LL. Next year will be forty years. Next year, LL will be, hip hop is turning 50. Next year, LL will have been culturally relevant, like, in the current landscape for 40 years, bruh.
0: That's why if anyone, if you, if I ask somebody, who's that GOAT, LL, then, I hear and see a lot of discussions over time. People are like, yeah, nah, but now what about this guy? LL's one of the dudes who'll be like, all right, because you have to. He gave it all to you, all of it. Every every pocket of hip hop that you can that you can jump into,
1: he's been. Literally every he's pocket. sitcoms. He's done sitcoms. He's been a villain. He's been a hero. He's been on. He's been a on a, 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 a dr- TV drama doing NCIS now for what a decade. Yeah. He's hosted karaoke stuff or uh, lip sync battles. He's hosted. He, Again, like, LL's hosted the Grammys. Like, LL Cool J, again, you talk about influence? Like, that's another one. Influence and longevity and work ethic? Well, you can't really mess with LL. And then you talk about a dude that's still too, and then doing a stadium tour right now, at his age, out there doing a stadium tour and killing it. It's That's crazy. Lyricism, I think I would do Rakim. I think yeah. I would stay with Rakim. Because like that's the foundation as far as like modern rap, like it starts with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and and mine are my era. They're gonna be my era more drunk because that's just just the way I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think just delivery is it would be Chuck D. Chuck D. is the that that
0: phenomenal voice. You of Chuck felt D.
1: every line, every bar. Yeah. The only other person that I, I think besides Chuck that just like gets into my soul like that was DMX. Like just on delivery alone, because X just like the, like you said, just sounds like X just be like oh, grab you. Like, what have you been
0: through, brother? And then you hear what he's yeah. been through, and you understand. Nah,
1: you no, know I mean, so that's probably. Uh, yeah. Did you say? Did you say stage presence? Stage presence. Let me say, probably the great. Man, who would I say is the best I've seen on stage? You know who had ill command on stage when she was healthy. Lauryn Hill owned the stage <laughs> when she was healthy. She might be, she might be that lady. But I saw her. I saw the Fugees live when they were at their peak that's that's like during that's one, the score and let me tell you it, it they ever have two other people and one of them being Wyclef Jean who is one of the most talented musicians ever she made them seem like they weren't there bro yeah. like you in that like for people who don't understand what Lauren Hill's peak was like. The the when the miseducate from the time of the score to the miseducation of Lauryn Hill, she owned the world, man. Like like Nikki couldn't have like stuff you talk about Doja Nikki all these. They didn't have what Lauryn had at that for those for the for that time. Like the command, the control of the world, yeah. the world. Yeah.
0: That now that that reminds me, Sister Act is on my list.
1: That's a hip hop movie. It really is. It, it really is a hip hop movie. <laughs> it really is. I mean, the ending is 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 a hip hop ending. It is, it is uh, a, it is that transition again. Yeah. It is that acceptance from that doo wop movie into kind of that modern era. Man, Chris, you know we've been we did this for about two hours, and I love that we did it. Um, this is a great gift. For me, you know, again, for my birthday, um, I wanted to do this with somebody that I respect and that I loved and that I knew would give me that energy back. So thank you for for sitting through this conversation. I hope you enjoyed it um, because I know I did. It did not feel like two hours, man. And and
0: I, you know, I had some, the minute, the minute you, you know, you made it, oh, the birth, birthday episode, I got you, man. As As always, man, happy birthday, brother. I love, I love what you're doing across the board. I love, I love that, you know, you know, you mentioned, you know, you, you know, you're knocking on 50, but you are continuing to evolve still. And I think that that's, no matter what age you at, man, it's a perfect representation of what it's supposed to be like, what you're doing with, you know, hard in to Pay. I see Maddie killing it. I see, I see Ali, of course, I see you all over the place. And it's only going to get better and better with with MLB Pro. Shout out to you being, you know, connecting with Rob Parker and Chris Broussard, um, Chris Broussard the other day, man. Um, I just – I love seeing you win. And any way that I can be a part of it, when, when we talk, we going to talk. So, two hours felt like 30 minutes. So I wasn't concerned about that. But for me, it's always going to be about supporting those that have, that have helped me and those that I just want to see shine and win and that deserve it. And you deserve it. Unlike really uh, more than almost anybody that I know. And I'm glad to see it coming back, man. So celebrations to you, man. Shout out to you. Um, and look, man, we look
1: forward to 48 more years, man. If if we if we get that far, bro, <laughs> if we get 48 more in as 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 black men, let's hey, we'll, we'll do another show for sure on that one. My 96-year-old ass will be there. And we will do another podcast. That's a bet. If, if I'm if I'm still kicking, we will do another one on the 100th anniversary of hip hop salute. <laughs> oh man! Until the next time, folks. He is Chris Connor. You know how to check him out. Boo Crew Media. Get him on YouTube and follow him at Impatient Bull on Twitter. I'm not saying it. It's Twitter. It's still Twitter. <laughs> and you can get me at DM, Bru. Of course, check out the Hard in the Paint channel on YouTube and follow um, our other shows Matt with Maddie Hudak, doing Before the Whistle and uh, The Bird Calls. We'll be getting back into that real soon with the Pelicans, of course. Um, but thank you, yeah, for everybody who's continued to support. This will probably be, you know, you always hope that the next year is your best year. And I, I really feel like, um, at the age of 48, I'm going into my best year, that I'm about to do something that I've never done before and to uh, do some things for some other people and with some other people um, to, to to create more opportunities and more success. Chris, you know, we brothers, no matter what where we work, what we're working on, and we will definitely talk again real soon, brother.
0: As always, brother, it's only, I mean, listen, man, our next, you know, our next collaboration is always around the corner, man, so call or text. You know, I got you, man. Keep doing your thing. Till
1: next time, this has been The